The Overcome and Conquer show is presented by The Project. The Project is a full immersion, 75-hour experience designed for men who know in their core they are not living up to their fullest potential. Rather than waking up every morning ready to dominate life, the mediocre man rolls out of bed and slides into the same unfulfilling routine they've unhappily been in for way too long. The project is for men that have lost their internal flame and motivation to conquer. It's for men living an unfulfilling life that lacks excitement and purpose. Sound familiar? Then listen up. The project is specifically designed to challenge you mentally and physically. We push you to the ledge of self-limiting beliefs and prove you've got much more in the tank. We kill the bitch and unleash the beast. We uncover the demons that hold you back and turn extreme pain into superpowers to dominate life. In the end, we turn mediocre men into modern day knights. We forge a brotherhood and bond that levels you up as a better husband, father, and friend. But the project is not for every man. In fact, it's not for most. For men who are okay with being in a rut and achieving less than their fullest potential, the project isn't for you. If you're not willing to put in the work to fix what isn't working, the project isn't for you. However, if you're done white-knuckling it through life, living one day at a time with no sense of purpose, and are willing to do what it takes to improve, the project holds the key to unlocking the next chapter. Graduates of the project join a brotherhood of modern-day knights and become the authors of their destiny. They have their fire reignited and reclaim dominance over their family, fitness, finances, and faith. If this resonates with you and you want to learn more, we encourage you to apply today at www.mdkproject.com. That is www.mdkproject.com. Everybody wants to be on top of the mountain. The problem nowadays is people want to get dropped off at the top of the hill and look down. It's that I overcome mindset that makes all the difference. See, the way we're taught is you're going to claw, you're going to scratch, you're going to bite, you're going to dig, you're going to do whatever it takes to get to the top of that mountain. That unequivocally is how I have managed to keep myself moving forward and finding success. Two seals, one mission. The Overcome and Conquer Show. And welcome back to another amazing episode of the Overcome and Conquer Show. We're just taking it to a whole nother level. One episode at a time. Choo-choo. The train of success <laughs> is rolling, brother. Hell yeah, it is, man. We got sponsors now. Thankful, and we are thankful. Just, yes, amen. Amen. Good uh, things come to those who wait and have passion. That's my, my, my new motto because it's actually working. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that, but I love it. So, and uh, yeah, it has been great. We've been on an amazing journey and we've obviously had a lot of great guests. We want to give a shout out to all of you out there who have subscribed and are following the show, giving us that great feedback, continue to spread the word. Uh, as we grow, it enables us to do more and more. And, uh, and obviously it enables more sponsors to say, I yes. want to be on board. Subscribe. I love it. I love it. Subscribe so, guys. So and, subscribe. And, and, and leave that growing. five-star review. Yeah. Leave. And we are growing in epic proportion and that's it. And the, and the, the guests that we're getting are just getting better and better. Not that our first guest sucked, <laughs> you know, not that it was like bottom of the barrel when we first got them, but we are being able to reach out to people because our message is being heard and people are spreading the word. And it's just a great feeling 
when people want to come on and share well, their stories. Well, actually, we were the first two guests yeah. of the show. We sucked. I, I, I interviewed you, and then you interviewed me. <laughs> yeah. Who was our first interview? So we were technically bottom of the barrel back then. We so did the we, we did the wives, and then didn't we do Jimmy. We did Jimmy. Jimmy was Jimmy number Hatch. five. That was powerful. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one. That was a really good we, one. That speaking was of powerful, we've got powerful guests. today. Yes. We do have powerful today. We have an amazing power couple to be uh, precise, and that's team one of the awesome. awesome team awesome. So, uh, so yeah. Without further ado, we're gonna jump right into this episode do so it, that we can get into it. it. And uh, hang on, I'm having a delay here. You all right? Oh, there we go. Don't make me take over, uh, dude. Please, Sometimes no, because you, you know I'll be like, go. So, uh, our next guest, an amazing individual who is doing some great things now. We're going to get into that, and he's actually joined by his lovely wife, and we're going to get into why Michaela. that is. But uh, so, uh, Aaron Hale was an EOD member in the United States Army, the great and amazing United States Army, uh, uh, which is almost as good as the United States Navy. I just want to point that out. So no offense, Aaron, but uh, even though I- Aaron was Navy too. Oh, whoa, dude, you wore both hats. Wait a minute, I didn't see that. I didn't see that either. Do you guys hide that? Are you ashamed? Are you ashamed? So what happened? Oh, I was uh, I was a Navy cook. I was a CS before I uh, jumped ship and uh, went to the Army for EOD. Did you regret that every day? Every day you were like, I missed the Navy. Do you know if you would have became a SEAL, I'd be calling you Casey Ryback right now? <laughs> well, you know, you know, back in the day, uh, both EOD and, uh, you know, SEALs, they weren't uh, rates of their own. They were specialties. They were Ex- qualifications. Yes. Yeah, yes. That's right. We uh, that's so funny. We were actually having that conversation. Showing earlier, your age. But, showing uh, your age. <laughs> so yeah, you, you, you made neither of them were taking uh cooks as source rates. Yep. So uh everything's waverable. Nobody wants to tell you. But uh I wait, tried, wait. I so tried you mean Hollywood Hollywood, Hollywood had it wrong and under siege, like you know, Steven Seagal wasn't really a SEAL when he became you know from the cook. Dude, my world is crushed. I know. My world is crushed. My, I have that. I have to take the poster down then that I have hanging in the room. My <laughs> wife has issues with it when we're alone, but it's okay. Well, if I was as badass as uh, Seagal, you know, I could have gone from Navy SEAL to cook. But uh, I know I Mr. Seagal in real life, and he is just how he he acts in movies. He is the same exact way. That is not acting. That is him just showing up and going, I'm Steven Seagal. He's like the original Batman voice. Seriously, that's who he is. It's true. It it's is. True. I was at an event with him and he same does. Character in every oh. movie. All right, all right. Come on. Let's we got to get, get, back, into, we gotta get yes. back into this. So, so Aaron Hill, you know, when he first joined the glorious United States Navy and then he made that incredible, wonderful decision, mistake, to join the United States Army. Sorry, I can't help it. <laughs> so, no, seriously, though, we've had the great honor of working with the Army. Aaron was a EOD expert in the uh, Army before he was deployed in Afghanistan in December of 2011 when he sustained a massive blast that ended up taking away his sight. Yet he never allowed it to stop him. This show is about those amazing individuals who overcome and conquer incredible odds. And he went on to do so much that most other people out there who have full sight won't even do. Running marathons, climbing mountains, solo whitewater kayaking, and then continuing on with that. And all along the way, 
And I got to, Michaela, I got to give you a great shout out because I also had an amazing spouse who walked the path of a wounded warrior with me. It is an incredibly hard path. There's lots of setbacks. I know what it takes for a spouse to be a caregiver. So I'm going to talk about that some later in the show, but she was with Aaron all along the way. And now they have gone on to create an incredible business together that's actually doing amazing things. So I'm not going to tip my hat on uh, what that business is. I'm not going to steal you guys' thunder. I would rather you guys talk about it and we highlight that. But, um, but I just want to say it is my honor and our privilege to have on the Overcome and Conquer show today, Mr. Aaron Hale and his lovely wife, Michaela. Welcome to the Overcome and Conquer show. Hey, thanks so much, Thank you guys. You, you guys yeah, are welcome. It's an honor to, to be invited on. Thank you very much. Honored to have you guys. You know, it's funny. I, I tell my wife, I've, you guys have ever heard the saying, uh, behind every great man is a great woman. I, I actually think beside or in front of every great man is a greater woman. So uh, my hat's off to you, ma'am. Um, I remember Erica, what she went through. So I'm not even giving that guy beside you any credit. I'm giving it all to you right now because just the journey that you went through together is amazing and it shows a lot of warrior spirit that you have. And I get emotional during these. I haven't had the things happen like you know Aaron has or Jay has, but obviously I've been close to it, seen people get injured. And the wives who stick, uh, excuse me, stand up and go out of their way and they're just there, you know, through the hard nights and I uh, like, you know, like Erica had to go through my hats off to you. It's very rare that you'll hear me be serious on a show because I like to goof off, but I have the utmost respect for women like you. And I want to, I want to take this minute to just thank you, salute you. And it's an honor to know you, ma'am. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I second that. I mean, it's uh, there's so many stories of wives and girlfriends out there who, when these catastrophic events happen, basically say, "I can't, I can't handle this," and they head on. And I've I've seen it. I know you guys have seen it too. You guys have witnessed it. Uh, so big, big shout out to Michaela and you, Aaron, for you know plodding along and showing her, "Hey, I got this." You know, you want to hang out with this guy because what I do is, uh, oh yeah, I, I'm not just gonna you know walk again. I'm gonna go run a marathon. Amazing. And go do all these oh, other God, things. I love it. So. so <laughs> Well, she, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish well anything uh, that I have without Michaela. I'm sure uh, without me, Michaela would have been perfectly all right. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, she is, is my inspiration, my muse, my uh, my strength, and uh, so much more. So I'm eternally grateful for uh, having found her and having her in my life. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to get a little deeper into that here in a few minutes. But as with every show, mm -hmm. we start off with our word of the day. We reached out to Aaron and we said, Aaron, what is the one word that describes you? Mr. Care, I will turn it over to you. So the word of the day, and I think this is just a very powerful word, is grit. And the dictionary that I have, it, it's funny because usually the definition doesn't relate to the person that I'm looking at. But for this one, um, I think it does, at least in my eyes. It says courage and resolve, strength of character. And what I see when I'm looking at the two of you is strength of character. Um, so without further ado, sir, what does the definition of grit mean to you? Grit is the, the intersection of, of passion and perseverance. It's where discipline meets desire. Grit is that unwavering dedication to the uh, and a good outcome, despite 
you know, the hardships that lay ahead. Amen. Dude, <laughs> you know, that's just, an awesome definition. I was just like, like, I literally was trying to absorb everything, but you kept hitting. It was like, it was like fighting Muhammad Ali. Like, I just wrote you your definition were just continuing to like punch like, me in the face as I'm like trying to digest one shot after another. So, well, Aaron, let's, let's get back to that day. I mean, the, the, the moment that truly defines you. I mean, I don't know what you call yours. Uh, a lot of guys out there call it their alive day. I call it mine, my rebirth day, the day that I kind of got a second chance and got started new. So walk us through that day yeah. and then let's start walking through the journey. And what I'd love to hear is not only your side, but Michaela, I know that moment when uh, I know when Erica was notified, like, Th th that was a really hard moment for her as she was processing what happened. So I want to hear it from Aaron, and then I want to hear it from you. Okay, Aaron, go ahead. Well, uh, the, the the injury actually happened before we got together. Yeah, but our our moms have been childhood friends um, for over 60 years. So Aaron and I have known each other wow. since childhood. So I knew of Aaron's injury, but we actually weren't together at that point. So Aaron and I didn't start dating till after he was blind. Dude, um, that's awesome. I, and I apologize that, uh, I hadn't gotten deeper into that at that moment. It's okay. So it's not your fault. Do you see my uh, face? That's amazing. I mean, holy wow. Yeah. So I knew about his injury when it happened, but I was removed from the situation, like not at Walter Reed, not recovering with him during that um, traumatic experience, but um, it did impact my life. But I'll, um, I'll let Aaron tell like how that day went for him and, and then like recovering um, and I'll chime in just as, as I can. Yeah, please do. Yeah. All right, Aaron, lay it on us, baby. Well, you know, the thing is that even though she didn't, uh, she wasn't there with me to experience the, the, the injury uh, from the IED blast, I got to share with her a whole other type of, uh, uh, you know, struggle when I lost my hearing in the meningitis years later. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I actually considered, you know, I have two alive days. Uh, but, uh, you know, backing up to the IED incident, you know, I, I was uh, on my third deployment, second as an uh, EOD tech, first as an EOD team leader. And I was in Afghanistan. I'd just gotten back from my two weeks of R&R. &R, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I spent, I spent, you know, it was, it was the, the holidays, Thanksgiving time. I got to go home and witness my son turn one. Um, my 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 uh, spend Thanksgiving with the family. It was it was an awesome last last page in the the photo album. And then I was I was right back on the battlefield. My team picked me up in the Jerv, the the armored truck from the airfield, and we were heading back out to our our AO, back out to the cop. And along the way, you know, you know got the call from from the patrol leader. You know, the convoy commander that said uh, there was there was an item in you know, in the road and they wanted me to check it out. They had a report of an IED. So it was like you know, no time like the president. The president, I tossed uh, the the luggage uh, off of the robot, tossed the robot out of the truck, and we got to work. Uh, it was it was the same thing we found, you know, ninety nine percent of the time in that area in Afghanistan was a pressure plate with a you know, one of those vegetable oil jugs with homemade explosives and a nine volt battery. 
done wow. it a hundred times. Uh, no big deal. And uh, the the robot separated the the pressure plate, and we had it rendered safe. But it couldn't get the the jug out of the dirt. And before I was gonna, you know, before bipping it or blowing it in place, I wanted to get some evidence off this thing as safely as I could. So I jumped out of the truck. I started making my way towards the IED. I had my evidence kit, my mine hound, the metal, the, the minesweeper, and uh, about twenty or thirty meters from the original IED. Just as the metal detector was trying to set, tell me something really important, uh, a secondary device detonated, punted me into the air, turned the lights out, and uh, sent me to my knees and elbows. Damn. I was still conscious, but I couldn't see. Aaron, were you in a bomb suit or were you uh, just exposed You know, with your body armor? I was in you know, the, the standard uh, battle rattle. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, just regular body armor, uh, plate wow. carriers and uh, helmet. Uh, the rule uh, in the battlefield is uh, for every level one IED on the battlefield, uh, unknown hazard, uh, you got to approach it with either, the first approach will be either the robot or the bomb. So and once we knew the hazard and we knew that we'd mitigated the known hazard, there was no reason to get into the bomb suit. In fact, it would have been a waste of time. Uh, and an over precaution uh, to get into the bomb suit once we, you know, once I knew and I assessed that uh, I'd rendered safe the known hazard. Dude, you can't, uh, you can't suit up for every unknown secondary device that might be out there. Dude, if I was an EOD guy, I would have lived in a bomb suit. I would have just worn it, I would have <laughs> slept in yeah. it, you know, like I would have like rolled out of bed. Oh, there's another bomb. Yeah, I'm going to be protected. I so. actually dated a girl who was uh, EOD tech. Her name was Melissa Tackett. I don't know if you know who she is. She was oh, a yeah. yeah, I dated Mo. I dated Mo for years. Ask her if she knows Care Bear, but I tell you what, uh, she was a diver before she was EOD. And I actually went to her graduation. She's the last class to graduate at Indian Head. So we have a little bit more in so, common than you think. So Mo was actually friends with Ron Condry, my friend who took his life last year, EOD guy. So I met Mo through- uh, The entire world knows Mo. So, She's yeah. a, you think I'm a big, um, you think I'm a big character? Yeah. She is a spirited young lady. Yeah. Yeah, she, uh, yeah, we we're uh, big fans of and big supporters of the uh, EOD Warrior Foundation and love Moto Death. She's awesome. Yeah, yep. We were just down. She was just down at the uh, event. Your son DJed when I I saw her. Uh, Patriotic Festival. Patriotic Festival. Yeah, she so. was down there with her daughter, and uh, Cody's fully grown now. I know. Yeah, we go back a long way, so we got a little bit more in common than you think. But I tell you what, my hat's off to her because she she has done some crazy shit. Things that I mean, I'd rather. Yeah. I don't want to try to dismantle anything. I'd rather just blow something up. Yeah. You know, and not like I'm a terrorist, but I'd rather just, you know, you do your thing. I could never do it. I, I don't have the internal fortitude to do that or the patience or probably even the knowledge because that is a tough school. Well, case in point, Aaron, you were right there in the moment on the X thinking the robot had it and that you were just going to collect some stuff and all of a sudden, boom, in that instant. So- you were you were knocked to your feet, lights out. What what were your first thoughts as you came to? The, the actually the first thought that ran through my mind was, uh, "Holy shit! I just got blown up." Uh, <laughs> there, there you go. You know, it, it, uh, that's when the training kicks in. You know, the first thing I got to do is assess the situation, and uh, I got to find out. You know, I, I just got blown up. I just got hit 
So I did the, the you know, systems check. I wiggled some fingers and toes and made sure everything was still there. And, you know, and miraculously, I still had all my, my bits and pieces. I just couldn't see. But I thought was my, my helmet had gotten pushed over my face. So after I did the systems check, I reached up and I was, oh, I was still on my knees. I reached up to fix my helmet just to find the, the, the helmet was gone. <laughs> That's when I thought, oh, no, this is really bad the army is going to want that back (laughs) (laughs) and it sounds like a joke but it's not uh that's what went through my head dude Uh, i I, really i'm sorry i was like i did the same thing no no shit i took my helmet off in the firefight and i thought my arm had been shot off so when i was getting up to go to the helicopter i told my buddy grab my arm and grab my helmet grab my helmet yep. yeah i know the book wow uh, i love it um <laughs> it's right you know you don't want to leave gear behind because you're going to catch hell yeah you don't want to be that guy <laughs> that shows you how much they drill that into oh, us yes. oh yeah that's oh, yeah. so funny that's amazing I like what he said that like we're starting to laugh i'm not joking <laughs> it was like oh shit powerful moment i mean yeah so wow. when you realize that, hey, I can't see, what was going through your mind? Did you just feel like, man, there's debris in my eyes. They're going to be able to clear this out. I mean, what were you thinking? I don't know. Really, I didn't really think about it. I knew that there was some serious damage that was going on. If, uh, if I wasn't, you know, if my eyes weren't completely gone or they weren't damaged, well, I wasn't actually blinded. I had, you know, something... You know, I don't. I don't know if it was you know something in my you know brain, if it was my eyes, uh, but the first moments of it, I was still in battlefield mode. I knew that uh, the next thing that happens is my my team, my two team members, would be clearing a safe path to to grab me, so the medics could get you know get get their way in and get me out to the medevac. And the first thing I thought was. Uh, I didn't want anybody else coming into the uh, danger, you know, the hazard area. Mm-hmm. So I started walking back towards the truck. The only problem was I'm now blind and I had no idea where the truck was anymore. So I'm just kind of doing this zombie walk around the battlefield, probably oh. narrowly missing a tertiary or a bomb or whatnot. But then my guys came in, they grabbed me, they dragged me back to the truck, med- uh, the medics, uh, did their job, and I was on a. I mean, you know, just coming back from the airfield, so uh, you know, medevac was about fourteen minutes, um, and then in forty-eight hours, you know, by I went, you know, twenty-four hours I was in Landstuhl, forty-eight hours I was in Walter Reed, and wow, forty-eight hours you were in Walter Holy Reed. Shit, that's a hell of a turnaround. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, but, uh, in all that. So, time, so what were you thinking during this though? Cause I mean, that had to be kind of terrifying. I mean, obviously all of us that have had some sort of catastrophic injury, we're wrestling with whatever, you know, I mean, I was wondering if I was going to lose my arm and all those different things. So you literally were in the dark and I mean, were you, uh, I mean, you had been thinking about, yeah, hopefully they're going to get my vision back. I mean, what were they telling you? You know, it was before even considering what could happen when I got to Walter Reed, I was just, it was, well, the only thing that was going through my mind was how could I let this happen? Yeah. You know, I was so highly trained. We're so well, uh, it was been do, doing this for eight plus months. The, the, the enemy 
is using such low tech devices on us. How did I, how did I let this one get by past me? Yeah. So did you feel guilty that sh- this happened to you? Okay. Just, I want, I want the listeners to be able to, because wow. I mean, was it, was anybody else injured? No, 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 no. That's a great thing about uh, being a tech is that uh, the way we operate is the highest uh, ranking guy um, at the, on the scene, the team leader is the only one that goes downrange, makes the, 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 what they call the long walk, uh, whether in the bomb suit or otherwise. But uh, everybody else stays back in the, same, in the safe zone. And we don't even perform our duties until everybody else is out of the way. Okay. So no, I was the only one hit and, um, yeah, I, I felt guilty. I felt as though I'd, I'd failed. I made a mistake. I definitely, and it was the, the, the the days, the, the, the weeks, uh, following I was retracing every single step thinking this is what I should have done differently or how could I have done, done this right. Uh, And, uh, I just, you know, there, there's, there's no right answer. There's no, if I'd taken a different step, that's where the IED would have been. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, so just, what point, Aaron, did you come to grips with that? Cause I did the same thing. I laid in that hospital bed and kicked myself. I was like, if I'd only moved right, if I'd only moved left, if I'd only listened to my spidey sense, it was going off telling me we are stepping into a bad situation that I told myself, well, that's just fear. Um, so, but I reached a point where I finally said, stop, you cannot, you can't change what happened. So when did you reach that point and stop kicking yourself and just say what happened happened? Well, I don't know if I ever fully reached, you know, like a cathartic, uh, moment as, as far as, uh, if I did it right or did it wrong, I could have done things a hundred, could have done it a hundred different ways, but the way I did it was the way I did it. And it was the, the best way I knew how uh, on the scene at that time. And I just realized that there's, there's no going back. The situation is what it is. And now I got to, I got to pick up, I got to, I got to deal with it now. And man, I got to plan for the future. And that's all I, I, I just put it aside. So I have a two part question. So from the time that this happened, you know, this is the thing that people want to know with Jason from the time that you know, you took, you took contact on the X. Fair enough. I yeah. mean, you took, you took it, you know, I, I would call stepping on a bomb. Yeah. That's the X, yeah, being on sure. the X, you know, you, you, it's hard to get <laughs> off that X. I think that qualifies. Number one, how long was the recovery time? And then what I think people want to know. And the first thing I want to know is how did you two, and I let before I say this hook up and I don't mean hook up, but where, where in that, process did the chemistry and the connection take place because i think that's what this story is about it's about you two and the anchor that you have right beside you because i'm telling you right now brother you have got an anchor beside you and i just love her for especially that so if you can walk me through that um yeah, like I said, 48 hours, I was in Walter Reed. Yep. And uh, dozens of surgeries later, uh, they found that, uh, you know, my right eye had been completely taken and it was gone. Um, the, it, in fact, my eyelids had been fused together. Uh, I was a permanent wink. It was pretty cool. Uh, but <laughs> I cracked in my skull to a point where I was, I was leaking spinal fluid right out of my nose the, a piece of frag had come across the bridge of my nose, 
gashed out my left eye just enough that they just wouldn't be able to repair it. My, both my eardrums were blown out. And I was sitting at the uh, Walter Reed, you know, going with all that stuff going through my mind. Uh, but uh, the recovery itself, the physical recovery, didn't take that long at all. After the surgeries, there wasn't much Walter Reed could do for me. It was just burns and, and scrapes and cuts on my face. In fact, uh, neck down, I was virtually untouched. It was awesome. Uh, I don't know how that happened. Uh, but Wow. Um, it was, I think, five weeks, and I was out of the hospital. Uh, the mental recovery took a little bit longer. Um, but I did what I usually do, and I, I just kind of plunged myself into the work. And now my work was recovery. It was, it was learning how to be a blind guy. And they sent me to one of the 14 VA blind re, uh, recovery rehabilitation centers uh, around the country. And I went to Augusta, Georgia's VA, and that's where they taught me how to use all the uh, accessible technology there is out there, uh, learn how to use my cane and navigate. And that took uh, a better part, of, uh, a little over five months. And... But they also taught you how to use your iPhone, your MacBook, um, all this technology for the blind. So, mm -hmm. so they taught you a lot there. That's right. And the 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 first moment uh, I I could use my phone and could Google things, I was trying to figure out how to be blind, how I can do mm -hmm. basic things. Uh, things that I could, you know, I could, I could carry on. So I was, I was, I was typing in blind plus whatever blind plus outdoors. Cause I was terrified of being. And Aaron, I mean, I don't mean to make light of this, but I mean, I just imagine you like Siri, how do I be blind? You know, I mean, you know, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. He said he doesn't mean to make light of the situation, but he was just saying like, I can imagine you saying like Siri, how do I be blind? Wow. Yeah, it really was like, you know, just, I was typing blind and outdoors, blind and run. How do you do these things? You know, uh, and I found that there's a blind man that climbed Mount Everest. Uh, and there was, a, uh, there was another blind man. It was the first blind person to kayak the entire Grand Canyon in a solo kayak. Dude, uh, that's so, awesome. Uh, as I, you know, after I graduated from blind school, um, I sought these people out. Eric Weinmayer, the, the first person to climb Everest, the blind person to climb Everest. I climbed a mountain with him. Wow. Um, Lonnie Bedwell, the first blind person to kayak the Grand Canyon. I went kayaking with him. And I learned how to do these things. And it, it, it mostly first out of just sheer terror that I'd be one of those guys. One of those guys feeling sorry for himself, stuck on his butt feeling depressed and, uh, and becoming a victim, popping pills and never living a life again. So I got out and I started running just to, you know, in Florida, it's hard to find a good mountain to practice on. Uh, so I started running and then that, I that damn up. flat state, you know, yeah. the nerve, the nerve of Florida. So Aaron, yeah. Aaron, do you think you would have accomplished all these great feats in life if this wouldn't happen to you? Cause what I'm hearing is, is as horrific as this event was, it made you reborn. And I don't want to say a better person, but maybe a more adventurous person. I'm watching how, where I tread here. But I mean, you have done things 
that people that have eyesight and can hear haven't done. So my question is, is, you know, after this traumatic injury, it's almost like you were reborn and now you're this adventure that takes on everything. Do you think that you would have accomplished all these tasks if nothing would have ever happened to you? Yeah, I'm like wondering, did Sir, did I did, probably would have procrastinated too long. Uh, and that's that's really what it's all about is that uh, I could have done these things, but it was always someday. Someday I'll get to that. You know, put it on the bucket list. I'd love to go climb a mountain someday. But right now I'm a little too busy with, you know, other things. Like wow. playing video games, binge watching TV. I gave up television that same day. <laughs> Wow. Uh, <laughs> well played. That's, that's the truth. I just decided <laughs> that I was going to do everything I could as soon as I could. And I was going to challenge myself every single day. So could I ask a, a, a question from a, um, I, I mean, that had to be such a surreal experience to go from, obviously you had spent your entire adult life having sight to suddenly going and trying these extreme things like, and I, and I got to give you kudos and maybe even Siri too. Like, were you like, Hey Siri, how do I be able, you know, how do I be blind? And Siri came back and was like, you go crush everything. Cause that's basically what you did. Uh, yeah. yeah. You, you develop, you develop tools and techniques, strategies for, you know, doing the incredible things. And it's the same, you know, you're like in the teams that, you know, you guys develop communications, you have shorthand for, uh, for motions, for movements, for tactics, so that eventually you guys know, uh, like EOD does, that we have a, you know, we have a way of, of operating smoothly and safely. Well, uh, like climbing the mountains, I would have guides, friends around me who would tell me, you know, don't fall to your right because it will be really nasty. Uh, and, and we have this like shorthand and I'm still afraid of heights, but now you got to tell me that when to be afraid. Uh, <laughs> I can't stop laughing. <laughs> I had to take off the mic. <laughs> I gave up TV that day. I'm sorry. I, that is the greatest, most warped humor that, that's warrior humor there and i absolutely love it and i apologize guys, you can't see counting, i've lost my sense of hearing sense of sight oh the blast oh. actually uh diminished my sense of smell which also is connected to my sense of taste so uh what i have left is my sense of hearing or my sense of humor and it's sharp as ever but kind of holding on by a thread Hey, amen. Oh, that's awesome. Amen. Well, speaking of communication, so obviously you developed uh, amazing elaborate systems to climb these mountains, obviously to kayak, uh, to do these things. Obviously, you have developed an incredible teammate in communication in Michaela. So well, I would like to, we'd love to know how this relationship started and developed and how she I'll became your best communicator. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's awesome. You know, I was I was married when I was injured, but uh, unfortunately, uh, now that I was blind, uh, I couldn't uh, deploy to escape that marriage anymore. Uh, so I had to come to uh, the realization that uh, I was in an unhealthy relationship, and I uh, I got a divorce. Uh, not you know, a little while after that, uh, I was. A single. Um, so can I can I ask you a question about that? Because I mean, was there was that a freeing? Uh, and I mean, not that a divorce is ever a 
it's a hard thing for people to go through. But you've already been through this massive catastrophic event. You're already dealing with those those doubts we all have. You know, when we've suffered an event like this, like, man, I should have gone right or left. I, why, how could I have been so stupid? And now suddenly you're sustaining another, what I define another life ambush, a divorce. So what were you thinking when you went through that? And how did you drive past that? Um, that's, it was, it was just like everything else that was happening in my life. I'd gotten this new sense of clarity, a new urgency, uh, in, in, you know, living a full and happy life. And I had to take a serious look at what was going on around me and realize that it was just, it was an unhealthy relationship. It was really awful. Um, and I, I had to had to uh, do what was right for me. Had to do what was right for uh, my son, and um, yeah, there there was there was when when you know when it's like what when you have a gun to your head and you have to answer right now. What's the answer? And I said, I got to get a divorce. Uh, I got to get out of this. So it was on. Uh, it wasn't wasn't a pleasant divorce, but it was a necessary one. Um, but. Uh, what was great was that 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 made me single again. And one day I was uh, goofing around on Facebook, and I think Michaela should tell you how how that came about. Yeah, because I'm wondering how the hell that came about. You're on Facebook, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I know. So he was on Facebook, and he made a post about being on what's it called. Oh, uh, I think I think it was I think I made some kind of joke about how Tinder wasn't working for me. That <laughs> 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 like he just keeps swiping right, and I, he made a joke about it. I thought it was funny, um, so I just commented something, and he ended up messaging me like, "Hey." How have you been? Let's catch up on the last 20 years of our life because we have photos together as children and um, but hadn't seen each other for our entire adult lives. So, um, so Michaela, did you so were you aware of what had happened to Aaron? Like, did your family say, wow, you know, you remember Aaron? Yeah, he got really messed up in the war. My mom actually got a phone call from Aaron's mom the day that she found out about his explosion and my mom or Aaron's mom, Carol called my mom when she was driving to go see Aaron at Walter Reed. And my mom told me that Carol just kept saying his eyes, his eyes, his beautiful blue eyes. Like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can go see him like this. Um, and and I just heard this story, like, um, and she, Carol was really upset about it, obviously, and didn't know what kind of shape Aaron was in other than that he had sustained a, a huge blast to his face um, and that they didn't know if they could save his eyes. So um, the beautiful part about that story, though, is that we just had twin, identical twin boys in April, and they both have Aaron's eyes. I have brown oh, eyes. Oh, no way. Wow. How awesome is that? Yeah, so it's really cool, um, which is why I had to run off. Well, well <laughs> so, done, sir. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, strong, strong we, genes. Strong genes. Well played. Strong genes, for sure. <laughs> so we uh, we reconnected on on. Facebook. And then we started talking to each other on the phone for hours. And I was living in Northern California at the time. 
and we kind of did this long distance thing and Aaron lived here in Florida. So he convinced me to come spend a week, take a week off of work, come spend time with him here in Florida. So I did, and it was an incredible week. We had a great time together. He cooked for me. He still does all the cooking in the house. And um, wow, yeah, so he, we had a great time. We went to the beach and, um, and then I had to go home. I went back to my life in California and went back to work. I was only home like three days. Wasn't really sure like where our relationship stood other than that I'd see him again that October for his sister's wedding. And he was going to run a marathon in Sacramento where I was living later in the year. So I knew I'd see him. But um, anyway, so we continued to talk. And about three days later, he had just gotten home from a speaking engagement um, in Massachusetts and got home. I was on my break from work and they were telling me, or he was telling me that he wasn't feeling very well and that he thought he might be coming down with something. Um, but he ended up telling me he was going to take a nap and he laid down for a little bit. And yeah, I, um, I, I wasn't feeling right. Uh, I was very fatigued after getting off the plane. We talked on the phone for a few minutes, but I realized I needed to take a nap or something. So I laid down, um, and I don't know how long it was until um, I woke up with this crushing headache. This migraine doesn't even explain it. It was like somebody poured acid into my brain. Uh, within moments, I realized I need to call for help. So I called 911. Um, the uh, operator said, state the neighbor nature of your emergency. And uh, a little embarrassed, I said, ma'am, I've got a really bad headache. <laughs> but uh, uh, she said, on a scale of one to 10, how bad's the pain? I said, ma'am, I've never felt a pain like this in my life. And I've literally been blown up before. <laughs> she, 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 <laughs> that, that'll get she her doesn't attention. hear that every day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the ambulance is on its way. Um, and, you know, thankfully, I live about a mile and a half from the hospital. Uh, uh, they gave me something uh, to, as a, um, you know, to, to settle me down. Next thing I know, I wake up. Michaela is right by my side. My mom's by my side. Like, how did I, I thought it was like five, 10 minutes later. And how did you guys get, get here so fast? Yeah, it had actually been four days by the time Aaron woke up. Whoa, and I got a phone call the night he went into the hospital from his mom saying that um, Aaron was in the ICU. He was intubated. He had bacterial meningitis and Whoa. it entered through the original bomb blast crack in his skull. And they were trying to get a a hold on it, but it was really serious. And I asked his mom if she, she or anybody was going to be able to go see him. And that weekend they were actually celebrating his sister's wedding shower. So the whole family was in Ohio. Um, so I jumped on a plane and within 24 hours was back in Florida and um, was at the hospital with Aaron. So I actually never went back home to California. So my girlfriends ended up driving all of my stuff out to me months later. Um, and it was a really hard choice to leave my career and my friends, 
but I also knew that Aaron needed somebody to advocate for him and needed somebody to be in the house with him full time um, while he was undergoing surgeries and um, antibiotic treatments at home. But it was months before we were out of the hospitals anyway. So, um, yeah. There are far less elaborate ways to get a second date than what I told Bob. <laughs> well, well played, sir. Well played. I'm going to borrow that one. Worth it. Wow. <laughs> did you, did you like, as you were going under, did you like text your mom and like, Hey, uh, call Michaela. Call Michaela. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going down, mom. Yeah. I'm going down. Yeah. What yeah. happened was the bacterial meningitis or the heavy doses of an- antibiotics actually took what was left of my hearing that the, the blast hadn't stolen. So I was, completely deaf, completely blind, and uh, really, really pissed off. Uh, yeah, no but, doubt. But, uh, you know, Michaela was there uh, every minute of the, you know, every moment of the way there and through the whole ordeal. Um, there was a chance that I could regain some of my hearing with cochlear implants, but it would take months uh, from you know, making waiting for the infection to clear, to getting surgery, and they did surgery on the more damaged side, uh, the the more damaged ear first. Have to wait for that uh, surgery to heal. It was it was this long drawn out process, and they told me it might be a year or more before you can actually understand what the information that you know that the signal is picking up. And for over six months, I was. There was nothing. It was complete silence. Um, and it was incredible that Michaela was right there beside me. Uh, and she was, she developed a way to communicate by writing every letter of every word she needed to say to me in the palm of my hand. Wow. And it was wow. frustrating. It was tedious, but it was the only way I could get input. And, that's what a, what a blessing god yeah, that's incredible. Be, i mean terrifying you lose your sight and now suddenly you're shut out from the world in this Jesus. silent box i, I can't imagine so that's, wow yeah. how so how much can you hear now he said how much can you hear now? <laughs> okay he, he heard us he's just messing with us <laughs> oh, that was perfect timing <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, well done yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's 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 completely different. It's not like a percentage. Okay. It, it's it, it, so both my ears are completely turned off, okay. and because the damage on the right side was so extensive that 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 uh, implant couldn't send a good enough signal, so it didn't work. I'm gonna get a tattoo on my earlobe that says "Out of order." Please go around. <laughs> <laughs> you totally should. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, the other one, it's kind of like your brain, it, it, the, okay, so the, the way these things work is that even though the ear and the inner ear uh, functions are shut off, this works uh, similarly to a hearing aid where it takes in a, you know, the, the ambient noise, but then it doesn't amplify it. Uh, it, take, it goes to this uh, tether right here. Yep. As a magnet connects it to the implant, the implant has uh, an electrode that actually is attached inside the cochlea to the auditory nerve, and it sends a digital signal to that. And your brain has to learn 
what this digital signal is. So um, it took months for him to learn how to hear again, even once that cochlear implant was turned on. So it was about six months from the time he went deaf to the time he could actually communicate by hearing again. Okay. So he was in complete darkness and complete silence for six months. That is crazy. It was excruciating. I'm for him. I can't imagine it was excruciating witnessing. Well, yeah. I mean, I think as a, I can't even imagine Aaron, what you went through, but Michaela, I know as a spouse, it's so hard to watch. I mean, you know, or as a parent to watch your kids go through something like that. I mean, it's, I think it's the same, you know, you're just heartbroken. Like you just want to fix it. And like mm-hmm. you can't, so I love it. Well, Aaron- imagine, I mean, it's, this is a brand new relationship, and she's uprooted her entire life, left her job, left her home, left her friends, moved in with me. I'm not the most pleasant guy to be around, even <laughs> in my best. Uh, but these were definitely not my best days. And she was not only was she taking care of me, making sure I was getting all the antibiotics, make, communicating, she was my eyes and ears, so the whole thing, dealing with the VA garbage, you know how that is. Oh, yeah. Um, and um, and she, she, she took all of this on after one week. Uh, it makes me sound crazy. Must have been. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It makes you sound been, like. Must have been one hell of a date. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, you're doing something right, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds like you're in love. It sounds like you found your soulmate. You know, that's, that's amazing. What I want to know is, is what about the collaboration? What are you guys doing now? Because you guys are, have teamed up. You Obviously, you've overcome and conquered. We'll throw that in there. But tell us what's cooking. What's going on yeah. these days? Well, you know, during this time when I was just learning how to hear again, um, I... I, I was, you know, I lost my vestibular balance as well. So I couldn't run. I couldn't train on my treadmill. I was, I came home uh, from, from the hospital on, in a wheelchair. And it was weeks before I was even, I was using those trekking poles that I was using, uh, I take in the mountains. I was now, I needed those just to get to the mailbox and back. Um, so it, there was, there was all sorts of things going on, but I decided to plunge myself again into uh, a passion, into a project, some something to keep my mind off of, mm-hmm. you know, what I, I was missing or what I didn't have or the, the struggles I was going through. I just, you know, the, the holidays were coming and we decided again, it was Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because one, you get to, you know, uh, get, invite friends and family and gather together and just bring loved ones together. And two, you get to eat like an absolute glutton. So um, I decided, and we decided, we were going to put on this this feast. We would invite friends, family, neighbors over. We invited uh, a few of the EOD students that get stranded over, you know, some of the the, the holidays when they don't have enough leave days. And um, I started preparing weeks in advance. Michaela told you I do do the cooking in the house, and. Um, we, I started with desserts. I, I, Aaron, I got to interrupt for a second because you said that earlier and it really made my mind grind. How, how do you cook how without you cook? Yeah. burning yourself and, and knowing like, I mean, what do you cook? Do you cook everything? And if you cook everything, how do you yeah. like, yeah, I got 20, 20 vision I would, I would and I cook like the shit. shit out of myself. I burn myself and I can see. 
Yeah, he's amazing. Well, first, he knows our house like the back of his hand. So he does not need his cane inside our house. He can navigate with the babies, like navigate everything without the cane. So he's memorized every square inch of our house, which means I don't move the furniture. Mm. I try not to. <laughs> you, so, you, you, touch the um, hot, you touch a hot stovetop one too many times and you learn, you learn fast. Uh, and it's the truth, you know, just kind of figure it out. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I, how, how do you know when things are cooked? How do you do yeah. that? Do you put a time? I mean, how does I the mean, timer is it only work? by timer? I mean, do you, do, do well, you, do you just feel a, memory, a steak? Muscle memory. It's sometimes like you're the cooking it, whisperer or something. I just sense when it's done, you know? <laughs> Seriously. There are all sorts of tools and techniques for that. One, you know, like you know, the, the the touch method with steaks, that kind of thing. He also um, does have a Bluetooth thermometer that Bluetooths to his iPhone that he can put like a hunk of meat in the smoker and uh, it'll just tell him the temperature. So there's cool kitchen technology. Cheater. I mean, technically <laughs> I would say that's cheating, but in your case, I think you're good. I agree with Ray. So. Uh, wow. <laughs> day-to-day stuff he just does it all by memory or i mean yeah by memory and sometimes i just turn to mikhail and go is this chicken still pink yeah and so we were you know we were gonna make this uh just we weren't gonna let uh what was happening ruin thanksgiving and i started started cooking like i said i was preparing weeks in advance i started making all these desserts pies cakes cookies uh, and then I started making fudge and after one batch of fudge, I'd start another one and another one. And I would, I was throwing spices and nuts and I was like dumping booze in there. I was like this. Um, <laughs> His creative and, uh, side, creative, being creative with the booze. Yeah. Uh, I was getting, it was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was actually having fun. And Michaela said she saw something that she hadn't seen in six months. And there was, there was a smile on my face. But, yeah, he was having fun. Wow. But, um, I was also making a lot of fudge. And, <laughs> and she started sneaking it out, some of it out the front door. I say sneaking, like you got to be real stealthy around a blind deaf guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I had a snare drum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was giving it away to friends and family and, and, or, and friends and, and neighbors. And people coming back and saying, uh, how, can, how can we get some more of this? Can we buy some? I said, well, of course. Uh, yeah, <laughs> capitalist in me said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the idea for Extraordinary Delights, eodfudge.com was I, born. I love the name, man. I it's just so got great, that. No, I'm kidding. I knew what it meant. But that <laughs> is genius. Yeah, that's so fun. Yeah, so we kind of started this business. Like I took my background in um, business and entrepreneurship and just kind of ran with it because I saw that it gave him a purpose. And we were both too young and it's really lonely to just sit around your house at, after retirement and after injury and like not interact with people, not do anything. So I just ran with this idea and now we have a 60,000 square foot facility in Savannah, Georgia and that makes all of our treats and ships them out year round. How no big? Way. How big? 60,000 square feet. <laughs> and so he Boom. was on Fox Business last year. We do corporate events for like Boeing and other big corporations. And um, it's been fun. We really enjoy it. So it's grown every year and since we've started. And um, we're just getting into our busy season now. So. 
So how do you guys do as a, you know, some couples are good in the business. My wife helps me run the business and uh, yeah. we, we 90% of the time we see eye to eye on everything. How about you guys? Do you do pretty well or every now and then do you like butt heads like, oh no, we need to go this way. Yeah, sure. We butt heads about things, but we no. also. <laughs> couples never <laughs> bicker. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, we do. What were you going to say? The, well, the the secret there is that if whenever we have a disagreement, uh, I just defer to whatever she says. Uh, hopefully, it's not too late to change my mind to, and and see how she's always right. But, uh, <laughs> Dude, you you have fi- you've figured out the formula for a good marriage. Yeah, yeah. me too. I'm always <laughs> I'm always wrong. She's always right. Yeah, but the truth is, uh, we when we you, you share the same uh, vision and and you have the same principles, then the answers are pretty simple, and the day to day disagreements don't really matter all that much. Yeah, I mostly do a lot of the marketing and social media aspects of things, and Aaron is in the kitchen a lot, doing some research and development, so he makes new recipes all the time, mm-hmm. and um, our eight-year-old son is involved doing that um, with him. So that's fun. So basically, I'm making a mess in the kitchen with uh, my son while Michaela's running a business. Sounds like it's a good combo because it's working. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, works out. it works out. It's it's a lot of fun. So where can people find out more about Extraordinary Delights? Yeah, so if you go to eodfudge.com, that's our website. And you can follow us on all the social media at EOD Confections. And uh, besides uh, finding our treats and and buying our delicious fudge, we have a lot of other treats on on the website. It's also where you can inquire about uh, my public speaking as well. Outstanding. So on the EOD Delights website, is they can also find out about you public speaking? Yep, eodfudge.com. Okay. Perfect. I actually pulled it up right there, so hopefully our viewers can see it, hopefully. But yes. yeah, it's it's a fantastic, fantastic website. They have yeah. a very well done video on yeah, there, too. Yeah, it is. Aaron, so you, you got a great message, both of you together, with what you've created. So as we're wrapping up the show, what would be the biggest advice? Uh, and I'm going to ask this in two parts. One part, Aaron, your specific advice to help others overcome and conquer when they've had such a traumatic incident. I mean, you've been hit by multiple life ambushes, yet you've driven forward and built success. And Michaela, for you as a couple, how you guys have managed to stay strong and build this incredible relationship, two twin boys, a successful business. So that's my two-part question. Okay, you go first. One of the uh, uh, the biggest takeaways, you know, one of the lessons I learned on the battlefield is that, you know, as an EOD team, we're given, uh, you know, an entire shipping container full of tools, bombs, robots, power tools, all that, and it gets sent out to the battlefield. But then when you get to the battlefield, you're given that armored truck and you got to bring, uh, you know, only whatever tools you can fit into that truck and you got to leave some tools behind. And then when I was in Afghanistan, we're on dismounted, we're on foot, and all we've got is a rucksack, whatever we can carry on our bodies. And a lot of those tools get left behind. So you gotta decide, and I gotta figure out how I'm gonna do the same job with a couple blocks of C4, a, ro- uh, a, you know, a knife, a rope, and a carabiner. Uh, and, and that's the same thing in, in everyday life. 
is that sometimes we have to do without uh, you know, a few tools. And now that I don't have my eyes, you know, most of my hearing, I've left, you know, left a few tools behind, but I still have some talent. I still have you know, you know, good team around me. And uh, I know that I can still do the job. It's about tenacity. It's about, it's about carrying on no matter what uh, difficulties or what tools you've left behind. It comes Amen. back to the word of the day. The grit. The grit. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm actually looking at all your goodies that you have on your site because I'm going to buy some. I'm so pumped. We'll ship you guys some. And oh. Michaela, I know that there's so many couples out there. I mean, in this day and age, you know, people are starving to figure out how to make strong relationships. So many people out there are kind of struggling. We're inundated with so much information and the stresses of the world and raising kids is harder in this day and age. I mean, God knows I got three teenagers. So how have you guys held it together? What would be your advice for the couples out there? Yeah, I think my biggest advice would be listening to what your needs are not just taking care of everyone else around you, but you also have to take care of yourself. So I'm a big advocate of self-care. That goes for husbands, wives, um, teenagers, like everybody needs to have some tools to take care of themselves mentally, physically. Um, And I think if you're willing to take, like put in the work to take care of yourself, your relationships are going to be a lot better because you're not giving from an empty cup. No, that's awesome. Uh, and you're not giving from an empty cup. What a powerful, so many people don't understand that. They give and give and give until they have nothing left. And then they're so burnt out. They've got literally nothing. So yeah. I love it. Michaela, I want to, I'm going to show you something. You see that I'm not talking to my producer right now, right? You see that? Yeah. Hey, text. tell her what I just texted you. He said it's my favorite interview. This has been my favorite interview, bar none. And we've had some big names on here. The story, I mean, what he overcame, you're a warrior, I get it. But to me, and no offense, offense, Aaron, the story is you too. Yeah. This, this, Jesus, I am am overwhelmed. I love it. I mean, I, I love it. I love what you guys are doing. I mean, you were inspirational to couples around the world. The fact that you have done the things that you would have never done, you would have, you, you admitted that you would have procrastinated. This is bar bar none, my favorite. Um, I have, I've been intrigued. I've been taking notes on you guys for couples. You've been seeing me on my phone and I've taken probably 20 pictures of you guys. I cannot yeah. wait to go home and tell my wife about this. Thank you so much. Anytime. Anytime. We'd love to keep in touch with you guys and um dm us your address we'll ship you some chocolate yeah for sure we'll talk and we'll talk afterwards uh aaron we can talk speaking also i mean if we can help in any way yeah uh on that side but uh for everybody out there once again eodfudge.com go check them out they are an amazing couple bigger than that they make some amazing extraordinary delights (laughs) and uh you gotta get some so EOD fudge. And once again, it's EOD, uh, confection, uh, EOD confection on the IG. That's a big word. I know I had a hard time saying it. So we're going to follow you. I'm going to follow you as soon as we get off. So, all right, guys, this has been another episode of the overcome and conquer show. Aaron and Michaela, thank you so much for being on our show, for sharing with our listeners, your amazing journey and your incredible love story. 
That's been a good Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Thank you so much for so having much. us on. Yeah. Honored. Honored. Absolutely. So, all right. This has been another episode of the Overcome and Conquer show. I am Jason Overcome Redman. And I am Ray Cash Care. And we are out. Boom. Thanks for listening to the Overcome and Conquer show. Tune in next time. And please remember to subscribe on iTunes. Please visit overcomeandconquer.com. The Overcome and Conquer show is presented by The Project. The Project is a full immersion, 75-hour experience designed for men who know in their core they are not living up to their fullest potential. Rather than waking up every morning ready to dominate life, the mediocre man rolls out of bed and slides into the same unfulfilling routine they've unhappily been in for way too long. The Project is for men that have lost their eternal flame and motivation to conquer. It is for men living an unfulfilling life that lacks the excitement and purpose. If this resonates with you and you want to learn more, we encourage you to apply today at www.mdkproject.com. Again, that's www.mdkproject.com. Boom.